Hi, it's Laren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Keith Saracen, a best-selling author, chef, and the founder of The Farmer's Dinner, a farm-to-table event planning company that supports local farms in the New England area. He also shares his passion for Indian cuisine at Atma. One look at his Instagram feed will give you a taste of how much he respects the flavors of India and leave you craving for more. I am so excited to welcome Chef Keith to the podcast. Hi, Chef. Thank you so much for for letting me be here and to share a little bit of my story. I'm super honored. Well, I'm so excited to learn more about you and to share your story with everyone. But before we do, um, the first thing I always ask is, what is the first thing that you learned how to cook or that you ever cooked? And about how old were you? Uh, So I was probably about seven years old. um, And uh, first thing I learned how to cook was scrambled eggs from my mom, uh, who wasn't a great cook. So that's kind of why I started cooking so I could help her out. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, two parallels right there, just because scrambled eggs was the first thing that I learned how to cook as well. No way. Yeah, and my mother was not a very good, she was a great baker, but she was a terrible cook, at least in the oh. at least when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're gonna be best friends now because we have those two <laughs> commonalities already. Yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, so could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you did get your start in cooking? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I grew up in a small town in New Hampshire called Nashua. And uh, Nashua was kind of this like, it's it's still like the second biggest city, but that's not a lot coming from New Hampshire. And so uh, (laughs) when I was 14 years old, I really wanted a mountain bike really, really bad. All my friends were getting them, super excited. And uh, we grew up, just my mom and I, I never met my dad. And so money was really, really tight to say the least. And she said, okay, you want it? I can't afford it. Time to work. So there was a help wanted sign in a local sub shop uh, in Nashua and I applied, got in and started washing dishes. And that was my first beginning of uh, really understanding what it's like to work in the kitchen. And obviously, you know, it, it was kind of one of those things when you're 14 years old, you're like, oh man, this sucks. Right. Um, and, <laughs> and so you went through that. I got the mountain bike after working for like three months and uh, the feeling was great. You know, I was like, whoa, I can do this. But I was still a kid and uh, and I didn't want to cook. A lot of chefs have this great story of they knew that's, that's what they wanted from the time they put on an apron. Uh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. Uh, so I went to school for psychology. And so it was during that time, since obviously school was really expensive, um, I would work Uh, at night and in the daytime I would take classes and so my friend Steve he was the one who wanted to be the chef he was so good Uh, I follow him from job to job because it was basically job security at that point and um, you know one day he was just like he became kitchen manager and I followed him from there and we went through that cycle and uh, Steve and I were like brothers and he moved away to North Carolina um, and you know always had that passion for cooking and I, I started getting a little bit more of that passion, but then I got a phone call one day and, you know, phone calls can change your life. And Steve's like, Hey man, I, um, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh gosh. And I was like, wait, what? I mean, he was just a year older than me. Um, so I flew down there and, you know, hung out with him and his wife and we would go to chemo appointments together. And Steve and I always bonded over food and uh, he would be like, Hey, can you make me that chicken dish we used to make back in the day? I realized in moments like that, that food was so much more than just something that you did. You know, it's, it was so much more food 
is about memories. It's about healing. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that changed my life. Um, obviously, because, you know, the, the gravity of the situation and Steve ended up passing and um, it was so hard. And so part of it was I wanted to carry on Steve's legacy. Um, and then part of it was I, I found a part of me that was missing. So worked my way up. Uh, started doing a lot of private gigs, uh, worked my way up through the ranks of the kitchen. And then one day it all clicked. Um, I was sitting there, you know, as, in, as an executive chef and going, why are we sourcing apples from 3,500 miles away when I live in New Hampshire? And, right. Right. And so I, uh, I decided I was going to quit and I was going to go understand what it's like to be a farmer and why more chefs aren't sourcing from local farms. And what I found changed my life. Um, it helped me start the Farmer's Dinner, which is a, a company that I still run nine years later. And uh, what we do is we do these beautiful dinners on farms all across New England, multi-course dinners. And uh, so you're mm-hmm. sitting in the fields that we're picking the stuff you're cooking from. It's just absolutely stunning. And because I got to do that, because I spent time with farmers, I got to know them and learn to speak farmer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, totally understand that. Right. Um, And so that was a whole different language for me. And so that led me to the farmer's dinner, like I said. And since 2012, we have hosted 88 dinners uh, on farms all across New England. We have given $180,000 back to local farmers and hosted over 17,000 customers through our company, which is crazy. So yeah, that was a little bit of my journey. What a story. Well, we have so many parallels. It's not even... It's crazy. I actually dropped out of clinical psych grad school. (laughs) I thought I was going to be a therapist. Yeah. Um, It's just crazy. Just so many. But um, it is true how food and memories are just so powerful. I mean, that's part of the reason why I started what I'm doing too. Um, And it's nurturing. And I love that you're also giving back to the farmers in New England and giving them a platform. And I do believe that when you are you know, like, for example, if you go to a winery, it tastes so much better than when you're drinking the wine at home. So, and I think it's the same thing when you visit a farm, like you and I, we get to do these things and meet farmers um, and, you know, get a a true understanding of what they go through every single day. Not exactly, but, you know, you get a little taste, but to give other people that experience is, is really amazing. So I love that. Thank you. you. Yeah. It's, it's been an incredible ride. So I'm just really honored and lucky. So one of the things that I was just looking at one of the events that you do. um, So for example, it sounds as though like the farmers are there and like the purveyors and they all get a little chance to, to just share their stories with, with the diners. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, like when I was working on farms, uh, one of the farms I always come back to is a farm called Kimball Fruit Farm in Pepperell, Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. uh, Carl and Marie Hills owned that. And when I was there for the first time, I had no idea what I was doing. I showed up to the farm. I was like, can I speak to a farmer? And uh, the, the person who runs kind of their, what we call front of the house, their, uh, their major um, like farm stand, Debbie, she looks at me and she goes, you have no idea what you're doing, huh? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, and we became really good friends, but it was because they took a chance on me that I'm talking to you today. The weird cosmic kind of thing that unraveled here is I ended up making such good friends with them. They're like family with me. I, I've learned so much, but my job is to honor them. 
Like I, I say to people all the time, I am not that cool. I promise you I'm not. Like I'm just this dorky guy who loves history, loves food from the Indian subcontinent and loves farmers. And I just want to share that. And it comes through as a passion point for me. And um, yeah, so we get farmers to talk between each course uh, about really their story and what it's like to farm nowadays, because it really is intriguing. Yeah, a lot of people don't know how hard it is. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe you know, like I know that when I just, when you put a tomato plant in and you get like two tomatoes <laughs> or whatever it is, you kind of get a little taste, um, right. but the challenges are so great for them. Um, and the fact that they can do this at such a large scale is so impressive. Um, are there certain like farmers that you feel have, you know, really influenced how you've cooked over, th over the years? Yeah, great question. Um, so honestly, almost everyone, and here's why I mean that. So I think of things very seasonally. Um, I live in New mm -hmm. England and uh, it's a tundra for, for six months out of the year. Uh, yeah. So what what I like to do and what I've always kind of taught and passed on is I try to preserve things because we don't just have four seasons. We have micro seasons. Uh, for instance, um, strawberries are going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. I wait the entire year for strawberries and strawberries will last about three weeks, four weeks if we're lucky. Um, mm -hmm. And in that, I sit there and go, how do I preserve this moment? So I think about jams. I think about pickling, fermenting. I think about all the ways I can preserve that season. So if it's winter time, I crack it open and mm, I smell. So mm -hmm. to answer your question easily, every farmer has a different approach to things. Some may have IPM sprays, some may be organic, some may grow mustard greens, some may, may have plums. Every farmer has like the thing that it's, the French have this word, it's called the jeune sais quoi. It's like the thing that, you know, we don't really like can't say. Um, mm -hmm. Every farmer has this innate ability to kind of inspire through what they're doing. A lot of times my job is to shut up and listen. And I love that. So Carl Hills has taught me a lot. James and Marley from Generation Farms, uh, Luke Mahoney you know, from Brookford. Everyone has taught me these different things that help me be a better chef. And I hope that I can inspire them too. That's so cool. I know that, you know, even just going to the farmer's market, if you speak to the farmers there and, and ask them, oh, you know, how do you prepare this? You know, it's yeah. amazing what suggestions they have because they know the, the stuff best. So Absolutely. tell us about Farmers to Theater, because I, th I think that's a super cool segue from yeah. the farmer's dinner. So in New Hampshire, we have this insanely cool uh, theater. It's called Chunky's Movie Theater. And mm -hmm. Chunky's has been around forever. Um, they have this kind of like insanely huge restaurant in the theater. And they put out a lot of like, you know, that, that food that you just crave, like chicken nuggets and, you know, mac and cheese and nachos and stuff. And so while mm -hmm. you're sitting there watching a movie, you can boom, order some food. So I've known about them for a while. They're really great great owners um, and they have multiple locations. So they, over 2020, they reached out and they were like, listen, we've been a big fan for a while. Would you like to do a dinner and movie theater and movie series? And I was like, hmm, how could we make this work? So now what we get to do is we do the farmer's dinner concept. So we take over their kitchen for a day and we do really fun, approachable, yet really elevated food based off of a bunch of farms that we love to work with. 
And uh, we get to like do a lot of fun things. Like we get to use preserves that we had on hand. We get to do like great fun stuff and we do it thematically with a movie. So our first one was a hundred foot journey, uh, which is one of my favorite oh, movies. I love that yeah. movie. So I got to do um, kind of a, a, an Indian spin on everything. Um, and so we write every single solitary venue uh, for the movie. And it's kind of what we've done to begin with in the farmer's dinner. In 88 dinners, we've never repeated a menu item. So it's like 400 and something courses wow. at this point. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, but that's what keeps us going as chefs, that creativity. And so yeah, mm -hmm. now we get to do farm to theater. And it's this huge hit that just keeps selling out and having so many people get excited about what we're doing. That's super cool. So do you time the meal you know, to certain points in the movie and bring out dishes accordingly Thanks. or <laughs> whenever you're hungry. See, you're good at this. Nailed it. Um, so we do multiple courses, which is always mm -hmm. what we do. And so we take the runtime of the movie and then we start to dissect it. So we watch the movie and we say, oh, this is going to be this. Uh, so in November this year, we're going to be doing a Harry Potter themed dinner. I'm a huge Harry oh, my, Potter nerd. My kids are going to love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like a huge Harry Potter nerd. So we get to work with like molecular gastronomy. We get to do fun things. We get to do things that pop and sizzle. And like, it, and for us, you know, we're like, okay, we have to time this very precisely. Like, it just sounds like we're having a lot of fun back there, which we are. But I cannot tell you how precise we have to be based off of the movie. If you have people lagging, um, if, if we're lagging and we screw up a course, uh, it throws the entire theme of the movie off. And it's it's really challenging. It's almost like 4D or like the other orchestra that yeah. has to be timed perfectly. That's so amazing. We have wow, a great that's team. so cool. <laughs> so we need to talk about Indian food. Can you please tell us where this love of Indian food began? Yeah, I'd love to. I uh, So growing up in, in New Hampshire, I was a pretty picky eater. Um, I grew up on mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and everything else was kind of, I stayed away from it. Um, <laughs> I had a friend and uh, my friend owned, uh, his family owned an Indian restaurant. And so I would go over there to play video games and he would be like, hey, why don't you try this? Like, try this. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I thought it was spicy, <laughs> like the sense I couldn't, I didn't know what was happening. Um, it looked so different. And those preconceived notions led to a fear of a food and a cuisine. And mm. so I, as I developed in my career and, you know, time went on, one day he was like, hey, if I beat you in this next game, uh, you got to try Indian food. And <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. And he beat me. And I'm so thankful because I don't know if I'd be here today if he didn't. And so I walked into an Indian restaurant in New Hampshire. And uh, the moment I walked in, everything was different. Everything was foreign. You know, the, the music playing couldn't recognize um, the the words in the menu. You normally, even if you go to like other cultural cuisines, you can kind of pick out some words that are familiar. With yeah. Indian food, it was very different, right? Dosa and, and pani puri and, and naan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so I looked at my friend and I was like, what do I order? He's like, you like spicy food. Yeah. It's like, try this chicken vindaloo. And uh, it's like, okay. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I remember like it was yesterday. Remember the uh, buttery garlic naan bread being bought over and this plate of gravy and chicken in front of me. And I ripped a piece of naan and I dunked it in there and I closed my eyes and I took a bite. And it was like, it was like fireworks. It was like Neo seeing the matrix. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
I was like, what is happening? Like, I didn't know food could do this. I didn't know. It's not chicken nuggets. <laughs> no, it was, and you know, it's funny. Cause like I could pull out like flavors and other cuisines. I couldn't with this. I was like, I don't know what I'm eating. Like, how is this perfect? And, um, mm. and so it led me on this. It was kind of like, you know, sometimes in life you're going and you get knocked down and you're like, wait a second, what just hit me? Um, and so that was Indian cuisine for me. Uh, about a week later, he's like, I got to go to a spice shop. Do you want to go? I did. And at the back of the store was this wonderful little old lady. And uh, she saw me looking around like this. And <laughs> she's like, oh, man, she must have been thinking this guy needs some help. And uh, went to the back of the store. She's like, are you hungry? I'm like, let's be honest. Of course, I'm hungry. And You're uh, always, always hungry. <laughs> Right. And so uh, she, she's like, let me get you something. And so she had, she was an Indian grocery store and uh, in the back, she had a kitchen and she would just make lunch. You couldn't take requests, couldn't do anything. This is what she wanted to make. So she gave me this, like, it was, it's called Suji Sabji, but now it's, it's semolina and vegetables. And I looked at it, I was like, oh man, this is not going to be good. Like it didn't look great, but I took a bite and I got that same experience. I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is, and at that point I've been cooking, you know, for, for a while in my career. And I was like, it felt like a hug. Like food feels like a hug sometimes. Yeah. And she goes, hi, my name is Indira, uh, Indira. And I was like, hi, I'm Keith. And uh, that began a journey of six years. Um, I begged her to teach me to cook. And she, every day she would say no. And so finally <laughs> one day she caved in and, um, you know, we, it, it began this great relationship. She was like a second mom to me. Uh, still is. She retired. And um, now she gets to actually spend time with her husband and her family. Um, oh, good. <laughs> but we did catering together. I mean, she gave me such love and took a chance on me. And I wanted to show respect. So I started learning spices in Hindi. Mm -hmm. So like turmeric is haldi and jira is cumin. Oh. And so I... I learned so much about her and her family and it gave me that love. And as I opened restaurants later on, I always had this deep love and passion and I would study the cuisine, but I didn't put it on menus. I didn't put it on farmer's dinner. I would cook it for people that I love at my house. That was about it. You were uh, preserving I, it for the special people or was it something else? It, it was a little of that. It was a little of like, I felt insecure. Um, mm. I mean, I'm a white dude from New Hampshire, like cooking Indian cuisine. There's like this huge divide there, right? And I, I still had more to learn. I still had more to learn. And so I sold my restaurants during the pandemic and I made that choice. I'm like, from here on out, I'm going to do Farmer's Center because it's my first love, but I'm going to throw myself into Indian cuisine. And I uh, met my guru, Kurush Dalal, out of uh, Mumbai. Uh, he uh, he runs food and politics classes, and I took a two-week class, blew my mind. Um, we became really good friends, and the world opened up to me. Um, and now I study Indian cuisine, I study Hindi, uh, and I do this literally like 80 to 90 hours a week. That's incredible. I, I like that when you share a dish on Instagram, you're not just sharing the dish, you're sharing your learnings behind, you know, each each dish, which I think is really good because for most people, like it's one thing to appreciate the flavor of a dish, but it's another to appreciate its history and its soul. And so I think that's super important. Have you, um, have you been to India? Have you, or are you planning to go when things yes. get better, hopefully? 
Yeah. So uh, in October of this year was my plan. And then Corona has just yeah. absolutely ravaged India. And so my friend, my guru was like, please don't come this year. Like we don't yeah. want you to see India like this. Uh, it's going to take a long time. And it was weird because for me, I've met so many people over there at this point, people who are are like family to me, like really. And mm -hmm. I, you know, it was the first Atma pop-up that we were doing during the course of this. And so I didn't feel right to take any money from Indian cuisine. So we donated all the profits to oxygenforindia.org, which is a great organization because like there's, you said a great phrase there and I want to commend you for that. You talked about appreciation. There's a difference between appreciation and appropriation, right? Yes. And like appropriation happens a lot where people will take a cuisine that isn't theirs. And I don't, I don't think any cuisine belongs to anyone. However, however, to appreciate a cuisine requires a tremendous amount of understanding the people, the history, what came before you, the amazing human beings doing it right now. There are chefs a billion times better than I will ever be doing this cuisine who get marginalized and overlooked because of a very European-centric focus on hiring cuisine. And so mm -hmm. like, I want to make sure that I'm not another cog in that wheel. If anything, I hope people look at me and say, I'm inspired to learn about that cuisine now because of it. Yeah, no, no, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a very touchy subject these days. Um, and I'm like you, I believe that food is for everyone. Food can be appreciated by everybody. Uh, and yes, there is a difference between appreciation and appropriation. Um, but I do feel that if, if, the goal is to spread love and food. You know, those are worthy things. So I think I think what you're doing is great. And, you know, it, it does inspire people to want to try it. Like, who knows? Who knows who you, you end up inspiring? Like, it might be some other kid who, you know, has lived on mac and cheese their whole life and all of a sudden can enjoy, like, this wonderful flavor. So I think it's great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, like, cuisine doesn't belong to anyone. And I know that that's hard sometimes because we we like to identify as, you know, we are that cuisine, we are that nationality. And I think that there's a very slippery slope there. But, like, the approach that I think is so important is to bring honor to it by that history side of it, right? Like, mm -hmm. I want to, my goal is to build people up rather than tear them down. And if I can use my platform to build up other chefs and other creatives, like that's exactly what we need to be doing. We need to come together and guess what? Isn't food such a great way to learn about each other? Such a great way. Oh yeah. And I think what's really important is to be humble enough to know and recognize, oh, I need to learn more about this. Where can I find th this education? Um, and then it could be a unifier. I don't think it needs to divide us. I, I really Perfect. do get very, um, I get very sensitive when I see just fiery messages on Instagram. Um, even 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 dishes that I've like made all my whole life that have been taught to me by my grandmother and my aunts. Um, it's funny, like you get you get comments sometimes, and it's like you know what I I don't know. Like you can't really say you know what is authentic because every person has their own different you know, sense of authenticity. So it's very sensitive, but yeah, I do believe that it just matters like how you approach the whole subject. Yeah. 
And that's why, like, I hope we talk about it, like, because it is sensitive, and I totally understand that. But like, the more we sit down and discuss these things, and, and just open ourselves up and say, "Hey, listen, I don't know it all." I'm like, man, I'm some, like I said, I'm some white dude from New Hampshire who cooks <laughs> Indian cuisine. It's really weird, right? But my love and and just overall passion for the people and the history and the food, like, I want to be able to say, "How can I do better?" And if we all mm-hmm. take that approach. All of us, if we take that approach, how much better do we leave this planet? So much. Oh yeah, and we'll all be fuller and happier for it. So, yep. <laughs> okay, we quickly have to talk about your book. I just have a copy. I just got my copy of Meat, which just came out, which is super cool. Um, and I, what I liked in that book too was again, you're fostering community. You had some sections where you were talking about chefs and. Um, actually saw Avidano was featured, which is out here mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Like seven years ago, I did a butchery class with them, which was mind blowing. Um, tell us a little bit about your new book, Meat. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, pandemic hit. I was like, what am I gonna do? Uh, my publisher who I've written two other books with, now three, uh, approached mm-hmm. me. They were like, hey, uh, do you wanna tackle this? And there was a moment of irony uh, because I'm not a massive meat eater. And I know this is crazy, right? But like, that's exactly why I wanted to tackle the book. Of course, I still eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan. Um, but I, I said, I want to tackle the book from the perspective of artisans, uh, local farmers, and really honoring a time-honored tradition of like charcuterie butchery, rather than just saying, here's a consumption book. And so uh cider mill who i uh was the publisher just they've always embraced me and i'm super lucky for that uh so they were like go for it and i was like yes (laughs) so uh there's a lot of recipes in here that to me kind of touch part of my career and my soul there's a lamb vindaloo recipe i'm on the indian front that is something Mm -hmm. that is the exact recipe that i use for vindaloo all the time uh, there is interviews with Carol Soul from Milesmith Farm and uh, Noah from Archive Farm in Chester, New Hampshire. Two very different people who are remarkably similar. Um, there's incredible chefs uh, featured throughout the book, like Ryan Manning um, and, and Justin Dane and George Bazanz, and like people who I very much look up to. So, meat to me, in, in its essence, is this book that the average person can pick up get incredible, incredible recipes, turn into some rock star chefs, and uh, and most of all, just enjoy the experience and learn some through the process. Yeah, it's very informative. The opening chapters are so great, you know, um, just breaking down the different cuts and, and all your tips and tricks. So now that it's summer season and everyone's going to be grilling, especially this coming weekend, do you have your go-to grilling recipe? What's your favorite thing to do? Oh man, there's so much good stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so some of the things that I love, love, love to grill. Um, it's hard to beat a really nice steak on a grill, right? Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you come back to some of the classics. Um, I'm a huge ribeye fan. I I, uh, I have some really cool ribeye roasts in there, and I also have some really cool ribeye on the grill. Um, I love ribeye. If I when I think of Memorial Day, though, think of steak tips. It's kind of my thing. Oh yeah. All the time. And uh, there's some really great marinade recipes in there that I have used for so many countless events. Um, because for me, a great marinated steak tip right on the grill. And when you cut that in and it's perfectly cooked, ah, oh, that flavor, it's hard to beat. Awesome. Now I know what I'm going to be grilling this weekend. <laughs> nice. Awesome. 
So what's next for you? Do you have any other interesting projects? Are you going to rest maybe after writing all these books? <laughs> <laughs> There's a, so it's funny. My, my friend Ragini asked me the other day, she's like, oh, take, take this moment and be proud. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'm over it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really am. I, I, I love meat so much. I think I, I, uh, what's next for me is I have a lot more learning to do when it comes to food from the Indian subcontinent. Uh, I've, I'm going to be throwing several more Atma dinners, uh, farmer's dinner. Our team is the best team we have ever had in nine years, the most talented, humble, and amazing people. And we're sold out for the entire year already. We sell oh, out wow. less than a month. Yeah. So it's, That's we've great. got some incredible events on farms. Um, so to, to be really like brutally honest, this year is about learning and resetting for me. I, I still have more I want to go. And then I'm going to turn Atma into one of the coolest Indian restaurants that's ever been created. I'm so excited. Oh, great. So, okay. I have a few closing questions, but before yeah. we get to that, where can people find you? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Keith Saracen or my website. Uh, it is KeithSaracen.com. Pretty easy. Okay. Awesome. So to close out, what's your favorite thing to cook when you're just too tired to cook? Uh, it's, ironically, it's a dish called Masoor Dal, which is just kind of this beautiful, creamy dal that's tempered with this flavor oil. And it's easy, it's simple, and it feels like a hug. Mm, I made dal this week, so I'm going to have to try yes. yours if you have it anywhere. Do you have it online anywhere? I don't think I do, but honestly, I will absolutely give you my recipe for it. Oh, yay. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Okay, what's the one recipe you treasure the most? Um, oh, so... Uh, I'm French Canadian and my grandmother mm -hmm. had this recipe uh, called gâteau, which is like a pork pâté seasoned with clove. And oh. uh, I have her handwriting and that exact recipe. So that. That's definitely a keeper. Those handwritten recipes are so rare. Yeah. Are you a messy cook or a neat cook? I'm guessing you have to be a neat cook. <laughs> uh, I, in my past, I was a very messy cook, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, I Indian food has forced me to slow down and really think. And so now I'm a very organized cook. Take that any way you want it. Okay. <laughs> oh, and what's a good kitchen tip that you can share? A uh, good kitchen tip. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to go on the organization front uh, because a cluttered mind leads to food that tastes cluttered. So mm. I, I label everything and use deli containers. Uh, reusable all the time. And so that and dating it, it's something we do in the kitchen all the time. And my kitchen at home is literally like that. <laughs> the dating thing is something that I actually started doing, you know, maybe in the last two years, like I constantly have my Sharpie out and I'm just like labeling yeah. everything when it was opened, when to use it by. So I think that's a great nope. tip. <laughs> so every Friday I try to share five little things on my site Something that makes you smile. Is there something that made you smile this week? Oh, man. I love this question. <laughs> I, want, I want more of these. Um, something that made me smile this week. Uh, there was actually quite a few things. Uh, one of the things, uh, my girlfriend is a an incredible... Um, uh, she's an assistant director at a uh, rescue agency for dogs. And uh, she helps save like thousands of dogs. Uh, and Aww. so... She talked about this great story of, uh, of her kind of raising some funds and the whole organization and uh, got this dog adopted this week. And it just, that makes me smile all the time. Aw, that's so awesome. Well, thank you, Chef Keith, for spending time with me today and for sharing your story. And 
I can't wait to keep following you on Instagram and with everything that you do. Thank you. Honestly, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time and, and for thinking of me to have me on. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Chef Keith Saracen for sharing his inspiring story with us, his appreciation and passion for Indian cuisine, and the importance of appreciating and supporting community through food. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking!